Okay, let us begin. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We are blessed to be alive. We are blessed to have an opportunity. An opportunity to... To... To grow. To change. To help. To... To have a day in our life, Baruch Hashem, which is what life is about. Our, our, our life consists of days. When a person thinks of his life, it's not about a year or two, two years. When we talk about Arichas Yomim, is Arichas Yomim Vishonim, is that when a person realizes that it is today that is my life, that I'm living my life. And the more a person is able to Recognize and to tune in to the avoda, to his mission of the day. You know, we, we speak a lot about your goals in life and what a person wants to become in his life. A person's life is a, is a, a, a microcosm, or a person's life is a uh, comp- compilation better, is a compilation of, of every day. That's how you live your life. And... The, the, the avoda, mihaisha chafetz chayim, someone who loves life, is ohev yamin. You have, to, you have to be tuned in to what my goals of the day are, what it, what it is that I want my day to be like, to love the day, to love the day that Hashem has given us. And to love the day that Hashem has given us is when a person is able to, to stop and he's able to think, and he's able, as we've been saying, especially as we're in Parshas Shmos, Va'era, of Paro, of, of Tichbara Avoda, of the busyness of life, doesn't let us stop, and doesn't let us stop and, and uh, go ahead and analyze and say, how do I want to live my day? Why is it that I'm, that I'm critical on this person? Why is it that I'm that I wake up on the wrong side of the head. We wake up on the wrong side of the head. And how can I change, how could I change that if I did wake up on the wrong side of the head? Because it's not, it's not the day that is going to determine how I'm going to live today. It's me that I'm going to determine how I want to live today. And one of the things that, that are so important, that's the reason that we learn Hilchas uh, and Hara, is because when we don't like other people and we think negatively of other people, it says more about ourselves than it says about the person who we don't like. Uh, in life, we want to change the people around us so that everything will be okay. And we forget that it has nothing to do with the people around us, the reason that I'm not okay. Right? If someone would say, wow, imagine if I had the best wife in the world and the best uh, parents in the world and the best roommate in the world and the best job in the world and the best circumstance in the world and the best weather, right? And the best everything and everything is perfect. Okay, so you, you'd, be, you'd, be, uh, you'd be dead. What, what does that mean, you'd be dead? That's, that's not what life is about. Life is about recognizing that, that um, wait, maybe it's actually me. Maybe my wife is actually perfect. Maybe my parents are perfect. Maybe the weather is perfect. Maybe everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And the thing that has to change is me. That's what has to change. And once a person recognizes that I need to change me, and I need to change maybe the way I think, and I have to learn to maybe love myself more, I need to maybe learn to have more loving thoughts about myself and about others. And, and I am the one who is the captain of my life. And I'm the one who can create the day that I want to create. And it has nothing to do with my roommate, my job, the weather. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with my attitude. It has to do with my thinking. So that's why we learn the Hilchas Lashon Hara. Because when we remind ourselves as we said yesterday, the uh, sensitivity that a person has to have when he's listening about someone else and when he's talking about somebody else. 
and how, how dangerous it is and how, how normal it is for us to be hurt by people. We are very weak, not in a bad way we're weak, but we're vulnerable and we're weak. And when people hurt us, the natural um, reaction to when someone hurts us is we want to hurt them back or we want to keep that hurt in our hearts. And as we've said many times, it's not about letting that person off the hook. It's not about letting the person off the hook. It's about taking the hook out of your heart. And the way to take the hook out of your heart, I just want to say this because it's so important. The way to take your hook out of your heart is by loving yourself more, is by forgiving yourself more, is by learning to be more positive within yourself and not to uh, beat yourself up, internal beating up. When you are beating someone else up in Lashon Hara, it means that you are suffering inside. We give what we have. So if I give hatred, that means I have hatred. If I give negativity, it means I have negativity. If I give love, it means I have love. If I give forgiveness, it means I have forgiveness. So that's why we learn Hilchus Lashonar every day to remind ourselves that it's, uh, first of all, the reason that we're still in Gullus, the reason we're still suffering the Jewish people is because of this, because of Lashonara, and because of our uh, needing to fix ourselves to fix um, ourselves. If everybody would fix themselves, then we'd all be okay. But the problem is we're all trying people, not all of us, but I'm saying people sometimes forget and they're trying to fix other people. So if everyone's trying to fix everybody else, nobody gets fixed because you can't fix anybody else. Impossible. You cannot fix anybody else. You can barely fix yourself, let alone to fix somebody else. Okay. Question, comments, and now let's do the halacha, an amazing halacha uh, that we're going to learn today. Okay, question, comments, we're good? Okay, let's move forward. Says the Chavetz Chaim, when somebody is unburdening themselves, an incredible halacha, so if somebody is unburdening themselves, then you are allowed to listen to them. So again, when you're sitting in a room you're sitting at a table and just people are talking about other people, that's not unburdening yourself. But when someone, let's say, is hurt by someone, right? Mir Tashem, your spouse, your, your wife comes home, she had a, a tough day with her boss, with someone at work, and she needs to talk about it. She needs to unburden herself and talk to you that you can be a listening ear for her. That's not considered lush and haru. Lashonara is, is, you know, just sitting around making fun of people or talking just, just agav, just, oh, oh, we talk about other people. They say something's really bothering me about what happened at work. Someone treated me a certain way. It was very hurtful, right? Then it ends up, says the Chavetz Chaim, right? I'll give the example in a second. He says, you're actually doing a mitzvah by listening. It's a mitzvah to listen to someone who's unburdening themselves from their pain. He gives an example. Your sister tells you, I'm so angry at my friend. She was so unfriendly to me at the wedding. The halacha is that you are allowed to listen to her, but you have to be careful not to believe the information. Now, you can't tell that to your sister. You can't tell that to your wife. You can't tell that like, oh yeah, okay, right? Unload and uh, unburden yourself, but like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Of course, you have to. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an art. I, I think there's that book. I didn't read it. Ripsum Karaba read it, so I trust that it's a good book. I don't like to uh, refer books until until I read them myself. <coughs> but I think there's a book called The Art of Empathy, um, which we'll talk about in a second. Empathy is a very good mida. It's a very good character trait to learn to work on. If you don't naturally have it, I mean, everybody naturally has it. Some people have it more than others, but it's a very, very important nida to have in life, especially in your relationship with your spouse, to have empathy. Empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is you feel bad for someone. Empathy is you're able to really listen to someone 
and really put, give them your heart and give them your, your understanding and listening to them objectively. Sympathy is like, sort of like, I can't really listen to you because, because your pain is my pain, so I like you like drag me into your, into your pain. Empathy is I'm able to stand apart, I'm able to listen to you, I'm able to be with you, I'm able to sense your pain, I'm able to experience your pain, but I don't get sucked in to what it is. That's what the Chavetz Chaim is talking about. Chavetz Chaim is talking about learning that empathy. Effie, you had your hand up. Very nice, beautiful, beautiful. Effie, I like that. Right, so, so what's unbelievable, the Chavetz Chaim is saying, if someone needs your empathy, and someone is having a hard time, you could listen to them. You could listen to them, and it's important to listen to them. You have to be careful not to believe the information. What do you do? He says, especially in such an instant, when someone is emotionally hurt, one tends to exaggerate and blow things out of proportion. By listening to your sister, to your wife, to your friend, to your spouse, whoever it is, we're on page 288-108. You could say, I'm sure she didn't mean to hurt you. But again, you don't wanna, the, the, this is just Tom, we're gonna talk a little bit about, about empathy, right? You don't, wanna, you don't wanna fix right away and say, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was good, it's all Minashamayim, that's the worst thing you can say. Yeah, it's all Minashamayim. First, First you, wanna, first you wanna listen and validate and hear the person's pain and say, wow, that must be hard for you. Whoa, that must be very difficult. And not just say it in words, like really try and like Effie's saying, try and really get into that situation and listen to the person. Then, usually what happens when, you're, when you do that, you're able to reframe. You're able to say, okay, you know, maybe it's something that you can, how could you work on that? How could we look at it as a different perspective? Maybe she was in a rush. Maybe your boss is going through a hard time. Maybe your best friend is whatever it is. Then you could start reframing, reframing the, the information that you're getting. Um, right, I know she's going through a difficult period now. That's probably why she's not acting like her usual self. And, and a lot of times, if you practice the empathy properly, the person who's, who's talking to you will themselves maybe get out of it. They might be able to get out of it themselves. Um, says the Chavetz Chaim, you're actually doing a mitzvah when you're listening. And he says for two reasons you're doing a mitzvah. Number one, you are relieving someone's pain. When someone's in pain and you are there for them, that's a mitzvah. Someone's in pain and they're unburdening themselves to you, that is a mitzvah. And I want to be clear, we'll talk about this maybe after. Let me say the mitzvahs and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. So number one, when someone unburdens to you and you're listening to them, you get a big mitzvah of, 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 of hearing someone's uh, unburden themselves to you. That's number one. Number two, by listening and calming down the person... You're preventing them from actually talking Lashon Hara. Why? Because now they feel heard. Now they feel like, oh, I got it out of my system. As opposed to holding it and walking around with it and then, you know, talking to this one, talking to this one, talking to that one. That's what the Chavetz Chaim says. Question comments. This is uh, an important, important halacha here. Yeah? Everybody good? So now, what's very important for a person also to realize is the difference between this and just talking to someone. So a lot of times people will say, okay, am I allowed to just, you know, talk to, to stop somebody? So it's very important to realize who you're talking to and how that person is listening. Are you talking to someone who is careful for Hilchus Lashon Hara? Are you talking to random people? Or you have a close friend who helps you unburden and helps you uh, 
to, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong if you're going to talk to your sibling about something you've gone through with your parents, right? And to, I would, I would, I would recommend before you have the conversation to say very clearly, this is not a conversation that I want to speak Lashon Hara about mommy and daddy. This is not a conversation I want to talk that's Lashon Hara. I need you to listen to me. I need you to hear me out. I'd like you to, you know, help me. In, in the pain, in the, in the whatever it is that I have. You know, I'm going through a hard time at work and I really need you to listen to me or could you help me um, understand myself or just hear me out? And when a person knows that I'm not just doing that for Lashon Hara, so the giver and the talker is, is not trying to just talk Lashon Hara and the receiver is getting a tremendous mitzvah and getting a tremendous, doing a tremendous chesed for the person who is talking. Okay. Question, comments, we're good? All right, this used to evoke more uh, conversation. I guess we're all, uh, we're all, we're all there. This is these are simple things for us. Yeah, makes sense? Okay. Hashem will help all of us. Let us be zoka to uh, be listeners. Let us be zoka to have empathy to be able to uh, have the ability to really listen to someone and, and not to be makabal as Lashon Hara, not to um, accept it as Lashon Hara against the person that's, that's um, being spoken about, but to realize that when a person's in pain, so then they look at things in a certain way, and sometimes just listening to someone, that, that alone will help them in that relationship with with the other person who they're struggling with. It'll help them to prevent them from actually speaking Lashon Hara, which is an incredible thing because it's just another proof that when we speak Lashon Hara, it's a result, when we speak about other people, it's a result of the pain that we have inside of us. And when we speak about other people, it's a way of us releasing, releasing that pain, right? Hurt people hurt people. When someone is hurt, they hurt people. That's the way it works. So if someone is hurting somebody, it means that they are hurt themselves. And the more we can learn to heal ourselves, and the more we can learn to love ourselves and forgive ourselves, so then we're not going to hurt the people around us. If you ever see someone hurting someone in, a, in, a, in, a, in any way, so you could right away just... Uh, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't try this, but I'm saying you could go over the guy and just give him a hug and say, I love you. He'll be like, well, what are you doing? Because that's really all that person needs. When someone's hurting, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't necessarily do that, you know, because you might, you might get hurt. But, uh, but, the, but the point is, the point is, is that it all comes from a, a lack of love that, that, that we have, and that's why we want to hurt people. That's why we want to do things because we want to, you know, uh, share our hurt, whatever the whatever the psychology behind that is. But uh, we we uh, we give what we have. So when a person is hurting someone, it means that what misery, right? Loves company, right? Right, right. So Hashem will help us all. Let us be zocha to love each other, to love ourselves to forgive ourselves, to forgive others. And like we always say, like we're saying, is that we're all human. I have my mistakes, I have my shortcomings. So my roommate, what, he's not allowed to have shortcomings? Only I'm allowed to have shortcomings. And he's got to have the exact shortcomings that I have. And uh, we have to be identical uh, in that. That's that's not the way it works. Every person has um, what to work on. So Hashem will help us all to love each other, to love all the Jewish people, especially those who trigger us the most, right? Those who trigger us and those who, who bother us the most are our biggest blessings because they teach us the things that we need to work on. The people who everything is, is, uh, is good, everything is good um, with them. So what are they teaching us already? Right, okay. <laughs> Right? You've got you to love the people who you... Uh, it's a funny thing. You've got to love the people who you hate because 
Because those are the people who are teaching you so much about yourself. When you just love the people you love, so shkoyach, what did you, what did you, you didn't learn anything about yourself. When somebody triggers you, when something triggers you, so then it's a great uh, present from Hashem that through this person, this person's telling you, wait, you got a, why is this thing triggering you? And when you get into that, you understand that, then you're able to fix yourself. You're able to change yourself. So Hashem will help us all and all the Jewish people. Bizocha to to not speak any Lashon Hara, Hara, and we will be from those who listen to people vent, and, and if we need to vent, we will find the right people to help us get out whatever we need to get out, and that'll save a lot of problems, us and all the Jewish people. Amen. Amen. Okay, we left off uh, yesterday talking about we were, we're doing a, a, just a little bit of a, of a, of a um, repet, uh, review of, of till we start Nikias, God willing, in the next day or so, uh, whenever we're up to that, which is the Parak Yud. It begins a whole new, um, a, a new concept that we're going to start talking about. But I just wanted to quickly give an overview of what we've been talking about and we said, as the Basil Sharm start off in the introduction, that we need to spend more time, more time investing in our emotional, uh, spiritual, our relationships, in that growth. And the more time you spend investing in yourself, the more time you spend investing in yourself, the more results you will get from that. And if you don't spend time investing in your relationship with Hashem, you don't spend time in investing in your relationship with Torah, you don't spend time fixing your character traits, they will not be fixed. Nothing will happen. It's not like getting hungry that you naturally will get hungry. It doesn't happen. You must go against the grain and you must be actively, proactive in, in, in working on yourself because the nature of a person is to be lazy and we don't want to work on our thinking. We don't want to work on our, on our uh, character traits. We want to just go with the flow and that's very, very dangerous, says the Ramchal. The second thing we said is to get very clear with what my goals are. What are my big goals? What are my little goals? What are my main things? One of my secondary things, both over the month, over the week, over the day, and that's usually the way it translates. What do I want to accomplish this month? So therefore, what do I have to do this week? What do I have to do this week? So therefore, what do I have to do this day? And the more today, and the more we get clear about that, the more we will accomplish that which we set to do. Like we said yesterday, vague goals create vague results. The clearer the goal, the clearer the results you will get. Number three, what we spoke about is that it's all you. Ultimately, you can have everybody in the world help you. But if you are not the leading the pack, you can have 10 people, right? You can have your therapist, and you can have your Rebbe, and you can have your friend, and you can have this one, this one, this one. When you ain't ready, if you're not ready, you're not doing it. You're not going to do it. You need to be the one who is taking full responsibility, and then the people around you will then help you get to where you want to go. Okay, number, the last thing, the next thing, not the last thing. The next thing um, that the Ramchal speaks about is the fact that we need, and this is the line he has in in Paragimel, the line that he says, very, very strong line, in Parak Bays, we spoke about that it's got to be me. I got to be the captain of my ship. Now listen to the line that the Mesil Zisharim says in uh, Parak uh, Gimel, where he says that a person, Now it's about trust. Now it's about letting go. Once a person has, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit today, once a person has the confidence, confident people are able to trust other people to guide them. When somebody themselves is insecure about their decisions 
and someone is not strong in their, in their commitment to accomplish something, so then, then they hold on to themselves. If they're weak, a dependent person, someone who's dependent has trouble being admitting that I need help. When someone is able to, as we've said, right, Gedalia Arbach told this to me, and I love this line, instead of protecting, you want to get help. In order to help, to get help, you need to have an inner strength. It's just like being vulnerable. It's just like being insecure to say, someone to get up to say, I am insecure. Someone to say, I have problems. Can you help me with my problems? Needs to have a strength and a commitment to themselves and to the place where they want to get to. So I am willing to do anything that I need to do to get to where I want to go. It does not have to be me. I can get help from other people. And that's what the Ramchal says. He says, If you think you can do it only by yourself, and you're the only one who can help yourself, and nobody else can have a perspective on you. And it's one of the things I always say, is that there's only one person who cannot see himself. There's one person who can't see himself, and that's the person himself. There's only one person. Everybody is able to see everybody but themselves. Everybody is able to see everybody. Okay, you can look in the mirror, but the mirror doesn't give you the exact, uh, it's the opposite. You don't see exactly yourself. So we need, but it has to come. And ain't anili, nili. But then, mani, I can't stay alone in my journey. I need to then have people help me on my journey. And most of the time, there's two, two things. Either a person is not clear that I'm the captain of my ship, and I want everyone else to help me because I'm helpless, or I'm the captain of my ship, and I can't ask anybody to help me. The goal is to have a healthy balance where you know that you are the captain of your ship. You know that you're the one who has to get to the goal that you want to accomplish. But the only way I can get there is by people who've been there, people who are older than me, people who are my friends, when a person goes ahead and recognizes that people can help him get there, then you will get there. If you think you can do it alone, you're not going to do it alone. But you need to be the one who's leading yourself to where you want to go. Yes, Zach. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, what you just said with um, the confident person is the guy who's under the, under the influence and is expected to drive. And he says, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I can't drive you. And the insecure guy is the guy that's like, it doesn't matter under the influence. Exactly. I can't know that I'm under the influence and I need to drive. And then that's Beautiful. Great example. Beautiful, Zach. Great example. Great example. Beautiful. Correct. The confident person could say, I need help. The person who's lacking confidence can't say, I need help. They can't say. He's too self-conscious to say that I need help. I'm too, I'm too maybe needy. I haven't, I haven't accepted the fact that I am going to make it to wherever I'm going to make it, and I'm going to figure it out, but I need people to guide me and to get me there. And it's hard. It's very, very hard. It's very hard to ask for help. It's very hard for people, probably the hardest thing that, that a person, for a person is to admit that I am weak in a certain area. Nobody wants to say that I am weak and I need help in a certain area. But you're not going to make it to where you want to make it without the help. You can't do it alone. You have to be the driving force, but you can't make it alone. Yes, you did, yeah. Um, doesn't the Gemara say not to allow people to Which Gemara? Well, I need yeah, to. I so you have to get me the quote. But of course, I mean, it, it, again, we just said it yesterday. He says it clearly. He says that that I can't, I can't say Hashem is going to save my life or other people are going to save my life. I have to take responsibility for my life. When we do that, then people will help us. 
When we do that, then Hashem helps us. So, so maybe I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to, but that's the that's the um, combination that a person needs. Okay. That what? Women have a lot easier time asking for help than men. Yeah. Women always ask for directions when they're driving, but men have a hard time to do it. Right, okay. Good. Right, right, good. Yeah, it's true. I never like asking for directions. Right? You've you got to figure it out yourself. But that's, you know what? Uh, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of, of, uh, of uh, uh, a question that someone asked me uh, once about. Um, about um, um, I forgot the what was the exact question. It was um, it was what does a person do? We're talking about what does a person do if um, they don't have a clear goal? <coughs> what are they supposed to do? Right. It was something like you can't you can't live your life and you, you if you don't have your goals clear. Right? I think it was like driving a car, you have to know what direction you're going in. I forgot the exact where it was coming off of, but the question was, so what do you do if you don't know where you're going? Right? What do you do if you don't know where you're going? So, so I think the example that I gave was, was what do you do if, if uh, or if, what do you do if it's not going well? I don't, I don't remember, you'll hear from the answer what the point was. I said like, what does a person do if his windshield wipers are not working? And what does he do if his windshield was smashed, and and he doesn't know where he's going. So so, what would be the natural thing you're going to do when you're in a car and your windshield is smashed? It's raining and your windshield wipers are not working and you can't see. What would you do? You don't have to. What would you do? You pull over to the side of the road and you would call a friend and say, "I need your help." So it's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, this is a little bit different. Because here we're talking about where you do know what you're doing, and you do know where you're going, but you still need people to help you. But the reason that people are afraid when their windshield is, is smashed, when they don't have the clarity, they don't want to admit that, okay, I might need help even getting that clarity. Whatever level you're on, if you are reaching out for help to say, I need to reach out for help. People don't look at it like that way. They say like, oh, this person's helping me, so I'm helpless. No, you're reaching out to someone to ask them. That's the best thing anybody could ever do, is go ahead and just reach out. I need help. It doesn't mean the person's going to save your life. But what it means is, is that that person will help you help yourself. And that's what we all need. Yes? Hmm. But ask for the help, but don't rely on Right, exactly. You don't, correct. You, you can ask for the help. You can realize that ultimately it's upon me. It's upon Hashem. But we need to ask for help. That's the, that's the next thing the Mitzil Sucharim says. Okay. Um, the next part is just to remind everybody, we said there are three motivating factors. Now let's get more into motivation. What motivates people? How, are, how is a person motivated to stay on the right path. So the Ramchal said there are three different levels that will help a person motivate his life. The first level is, is that I am, and this is a very high level, I want greatness. It's not about competition. It's not about other people. I am in competition with myself. And when I'm not doing what I want to do, and I'm not doing what I know I need to do, so I suffer because I know I'm not going to get to the goal that I want to get to. It has nothing to do with the fact that somebody else, I'm jealous of somebody else, or the rat race. It has to do with the fact that I know that I can be something great. I know, I'll, I'll read the language that he says. He says, <coughs> He knows that if I don't put in the hard work, then I won't feel happy, I won't feel good. It's not about other people saying, oh, he's doing well, he's doing well. That won't do it for him. 
People giving him compliments and people saying he's doing well doesn't do it for this person. This person is solely independently motivated to say, I know when I go to sleep at night, if I did not have the day that I wanted to have, that's going to be painful for me. It's going to be painful for me, even if everybody thinks I had a great day. If I'm lying to myself and pretending to be somebody who I'm not, and I'm not truly having the day that I want to have, that will cause me pain. And most of the time, most of the time, that is what's difficult for people. Because when a person deep, deep down does not feel that he is living the life that he wants to live. I spoke to someone the other day, and we were talking about something totally, this is like such a, such a great, um, it was a great uh, clarity that I had as we were talking, because he was talking about a problem that he was having in this area of his life, in, in a certain area of his life. And then we were then talking about his dreams and living the life that he wants to live Nothing to do with what he was talking about. But we were talking about, are you living out the way that you truly want to live your life? And after we established that the reason that he was not being successful in the only other area of his life was because he wasn't being true to his dreams of who he wants to be and what he wants to do. So it ended up affecting something that had nothing to do with the thing that we were talking about. That's incredible. And to me, what that did was, what that did was is it showed me the power of us being true to ourselves. When someone is true to himself, so then he can sort of deal with other things that, that come during the day, other things that happen throughout his day. Why? Because I am keeping true to what I know that I want to do. When a person is not doing that, and he's just keeping in the thick of thin things, and I'm just trying to make a schedule. It's like when people ask me, how do you make a schedule? Should I make a schedule and then fill in the schedule? I say, no, absolutely not. First, pick the things that you want to do. First say, this is what I want to accomplish. Don't worry about what time you're getting up in the morning and what time you're going to sleep. First say, this is what I want to accomplish. First say, this is who I want to be. This is the type of person I want to be. And then work your way and work your day around that. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Question, comments, please. Yes, Yaakov. This day, a, a million. So, so, um, what you're saying, Yaakov, is a million percent, unless, unless a person and there's a, um, there's a, um, something that a person can do. Um, it's in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he has um, a, um, a, a a way that a person can envision his 80th birthday, or his, he's at his own funeral, I would suggest everybody uh, do something like this, where you envision your own funeral, or you envision your 80th birthday, and you think about all the people. Does he have it in the, he, he, he breaks it down? Does he have it in the, um, oh, Jacob, you know the book also, so does he have, how exactly, I think he says exactly how to do it, right? He writes in there exactly what to do. So, so it, it's, important, it's important for a person what, what you'll realize when you do that. And I'm going to answer your question also. Is that it's very important to realize when you think about um, what, what your funeral is going to be like. Who's going to talk at your funeral. What it is that, that you are going to want them to say. And then if you're able... Mm-hmm to realize the way you're living now 
to match those up, to match up why am I doing what I'm doing at 19 years old, at 20 years old, at whatever age you are, if you match those up as, as best as you can. Obviously you can't say, okay, I'm, you know, I have my grandchild talking or my great-grandchild talking or what they're talking about and what you're doing a lot of times will be closer to what you do daily than you think if you are doing the things that you want to be doing. So to answer your question, absolutely. Focus on the week. Focus on your daily goals. Focus on your monthly goals. But, but usually the tenure is what throws us off. Ten years and ten years from now. Why ten years from now? Why not go all the way down to my deathbed? All the way down to my 80th birthday? What type of person do I want to see myself being? And then you bring that to here. Because this is really what, what I was saying. Get in touch with your dreams. Get in touch with your essence of what you love and what you want to be. Because that's what we do. And when you're doing that, you are flying. When you're doing that, you're like a little child in a candy store. Because you're living the life that you truly want to live. Does that, does that answer? So on one hand, yes. Make your short-term goals. I agree with you. The 10-year, 15-year, like the midlife, like, I, like that you got to stay away from. What am I going to be doing at 30, 35? That I would stay away from. What I want to do when, I'm, when it's all over, what type of person I want to be, get in touch with that. Because when you get in touch with that, you got in touch with your essence of who you are. When you, when you think of the first person who's going to give you a hesped, the first person who's going to eulogize you, or the first person who's going to get up there, and what are the first words that are going to come out of mouth? That will give you a very strong insight into what you did. What are they going to talk about? And then you say, okay, well, how am I living today? What does today have to do with that? Not because that's how, and I, I want to be clear on this, not because that's how I'm going to get there, but more because that's who I am. And when I live who I am, then I live today who I am. I'm true to myself today who I am. You know what I'm trying to say? It's not so much about what's on my schedule. A lot of times we get lost in, in our schedule. Oh, this is what I got to do at this time. As opposed to, this is who I am. And therefore, since this is who I am, that's why I'm going to do this at this time. It's a big... Uh, yeah? Yaakov oh, Amazing. That's Dovi. Uh, just a good, like, indicator. Get that headspace. I can tell you this back to myself. The person that, that I was looking at, and I, I don't want to relate, but this is not the person that I'll be in the future. So I can't even, like, bank on myself today. Just that if you want to get into that headspace, that now is not the vile email of who I am. Whatever, whatever it is, it's just in re- good or bad, right? It's just, this is not the end of me. And there's more to me. If I come up the <coughs> simple method, person, the people we are today are not the people that will be in 10 years, 5 years, 8 years, whether you come up with a game plan or not. All right, beautiful. <laughs> Okay, the second, the second thing the Ramchal says on this in the motivating factors is um, the, the competition aspect, which means when a person looks at his life now, when it's not over, and a person can change, and a person can grow, and a person can make more money, and a person can become smarter, and a person can make the changes that he needs to make, there's a very strong element of jealousy, which means there's competition. So even if I look at someone and I say, wait, that guy is better than me, and I wish I could be like that. So now when you're 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, however old you are, and you look at someone and you're jealous of them, and it burns inside of you, your jealousy of them, you can make a change. And you could say, okay, great. That person is excelling more than I am, but if I work hard enough, or I do this, I could excel more than them. Now still, 
it's painful when a person experiences that. So even though I can make my changes, even though I could grow, even though I could make a difference, it still is painful for me when I see someone my age, when I see a peer of mine at 18, 19, 20, whatever it is, excelling more than me. So says the Ramchal, okay, let's take a picture of that and let's fast forward that till you're 30 years old, till you're 40 years old, till you're 50 years old. Now look at yourself at your high school reunion when you're 40 years old, when you're 50 years old, and then look at your life, or when you're 60 years old, look at your life, and then say, oh my goodness, look where that person is holding, and look where I am holding. So he says one of the motivating factors that a person can think about in his life is the fact that at one point in my life, hopefully when you're alive still, because when a person dies, then they can't change anything. As we've said many times, the Gras says the biggest, one of the biggest hits of Gehenna when a person dies is the fact that now I can't change. The reason people get depressed for real is because they have given up and they say, I can't change. But if even when I can change, I'm going to be jealous of someone. Could you imagine being stuck as who you are when you're 50 years old, 60 years old, and you're not where you want to be? You don't have a good relationship with your wife. You don't have a good relationship with your children. You don't have a good relationship with Hashem. You don't know who you are. You're not in shape. Then what are you going to do? Like I've said many times, right? To wear a t-shirt that says, no regrets, when you're 18 years old, what are you regretting? When you were 14? I mean, well, no regrets. But the older you get, for those who are a little bit older over here, when you get a little bit older, suddenly the regrets become more real and real. When you're 18, 19, 20 years old, it's no great shakes to say, everything that I did in my past was all the best thing, and I would do it all over again. I've heard that many times. I would do the same exact thing all over again. But as you get older, as you get older, you start saying, uh, actually, I don't think I would do that all over again. Now that's when you're 21, 22, 23. If someone's 24, 25, they can start smelling what I'm saying more and more. For sure, when you get to my age and uh, Rafi's age a little bit, it's, it's, if you could walk around, if I could walk around with a shirt that says no regrets, right? Then I'd be a, a big tzaddik, right? Be a big tzaddik to say no regrets. But now, when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, right? If I could ask someone who's a little bit older, not as old as, as I am, but if I could ask, no, no, uh, not to put anyone on the spot, anyone who's 23, 24, 25, could you agree that there's a different level of regret than it is when you were 19, 20? Anyone want to... Uh, Huh? How old are you? 24. So even at 24, Ooh. 24, even at 20, yeah, right. I'm not gonna argue. The shot is the older, the older a person gets. So, so now this is my, this is the mode, this is motivation. You want to hear motivation? Think of yourself, and this Yaakov you were mentioning, think of yourself at 30. Think of yourself at 30. What's your feeling going to be of the regret of your life? That can motivate you very strongly. Because whatever, yes, you should. I got to say, it's not about, I I try not looking at at it as regret, more as taking it as lessons in the future. Right, correct, 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 100%. Right, we don't want to have that regret, even though that regret can motivate us. Can motivate us because you're only 24. <coughs> the, the 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 older you get, the older a person gets, so the more the stakes get much higher, and the pain. Sorry, there's much more. Correct, there's much more consequence when you're 19, 20, 21 years old. So it's like okay, like we spoke about yesterday. You have your free pass. You have your this. He's still a teenager. You're still a teenager. You're still this. 
as you get older and older, then it's like, wait, wait, so why have you not uh, yet, you know, gotten this together? And wait till you get to my age. Wait till you get to my age, and then you see that you have weaknesses, and you're like, okay, wait one second. I mean, I, mean, I, ha- I have this conversation all the time with my wife, that it's very hard. It's very hard when I make mistakes. And it's very hard when I have shortcomings. Because I'm like, okay, like when, when am I going to finish you know, this insecurity? Like when am I going to, you know, when you, when you have a problem when you're younger, you could sort of say like, okay, I'll fix it. But when you get to a certain age, you're like, okay, I still haven't fixed that. If you have an anger problem, and you're going to say, okay, I still haven't, I'm just going to say, when it comes to taivas, ain't other mace, you're gonna, I, and I give everybody a bracha because it means you'll be healthy. You'll be healthy if you still have tithes when you're in your 60s and 70s and 80s. That means you're healthy if you have tithes. But know what that means? That means if you didn't work on your Shmira Sainayim now, and you don't begin working on not looking at whatever your, your head pulls you to look at, or whatever your heart pulls you to look at, when you're 50 years old, there is no reason, there is no reason why you still won't be, be doing that same thing. And do you want to be that guy? You're angry. If you have an anger problem, so let me ask you guys a question. What, you've never met somebody above the age of whatever it is who got angry? You never met a 50-year-old, a 60-year-old, a 70-year-old angry, right? There's nothing more... Um, uh, sad to see is a uh, you know a grumpy old man. There's nothing. There's nothing more painful. You see, okay, so he's still angry. No, no, it's not the shot. He's still angry. It's he never worked on himself. He never worked on himself. Oh, I don't know how to communicate properly. I don't know how to uh, listen properly. Why is that going to change over time? It's not going to change over time. The only difference will be is you'll be hearing it from your kids. You won't be hearing it from me. From me, this is easy to hear this. This is like a joke. I don't mean a joke in a bad way, but like, okay, this is a great like, forum to talk about life. But when your kid looks at you and says, Daddy, like, you know, because it will happen. It will happen. You know, I've been called out myself. I've been called out by my little guy, right? Tati, why are you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm embarrassed to say this. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll defend myself in a second. First let, me say, first let me say what he's called me out. He's like, Tati, why are you always on your phone? There's nothing that hurts more than that line. Right? Now, am I always on my phone? No. When I go home, am I always on my phone? No. But it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. If my little eight-year-old kid will say a line to that. And he doesn't say it all the time, and he said it maybe once. And whoa, did I take, that was, talk about Musser. This is like, this is cute, what we're talking about here. Talk about Musser. That was the greatest Musser that I got, right, since my grandmother used to give me Musser in her way, you know, in a loving way, not in a, you know, for real. My Bobby would give me, you know, Musser about her life, you know, in, in Europe. That was the muscle that I love. If your kid is going to look at you and tell you, you know, that meant, because when I was home, whatever it was, if the kids were playing, it's okay, now I can defend myself. But it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. It doesn't matter. And I'm not on my phone a lot. And when I go home, I'm not on my phone a lot. But I guess I am. I guess I was. I guess I was. A lot is a matter of perspective. Yeah, good. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could go ahead and say, what, for me, you know, I didn't look at my phone the whole day I walk into my house, and for five minutes I sit on my couch, and someone's calling up. But if my son is going to call me out on that, ouch! Ouch! That hurts. That hurts. And if you don't change the things that you're going to change about your life, and this is the motivating factor, if you've got to think about things like this, you have to think about things like that. You've got to think. It will. So, so Dovi's asking, how could you predict it? The answer is, I'm telling everybody here, it will happen. It will happen unless you change it. It will. You will get angry unless you change it. You will look. You will look at things that you're not supposed to look at, even when you're married, unless you change it. You will be lazy 
unless you change it. You're not going to have a good relationship and you're not going to have empathy if you don't have it now, if you don't work on it. If you don't work on it, that doesn't mean that when you get married, it doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to work on things as you get married. Of course, that's when, that's when the work begins, believe it or not. That's when you really begin. But, but it's an attitude. It's not, okay, I'm going to right now listen to the sheer, I got it, and then I'm going to, you know, put it into my bloodstream, and now I become a person who doesn't get angry. It doesn't work like that. It's day in, day out, keeping that, that I'm working on myself, and I'm working on myself, and I'm changing myself, and I'm looking to grow, and I'm looking to this, etc., etc., etc. Because otherwise you turn around when you're 40, 50 years old. You turn around when you're 30 years old. You turn around when you're married with your kids, and you say, oh my goodness, how did I get here? And the answer is, the way you got there was because you made these decisions not to work on yourself. And you made the decision not to go to therapy. You decided that you didn't want to be vulnerable. You decided that you're not going to stop doing that stupid thing. You decided that you're not going to make the changes. Bensi. Um, it's kind of a, a second long question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, very from that, I'm trying to figure out how it, how it fits with everything that... Uh, Smash your rear view mirrors. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the Right. And some like some stuff out which if if he would take a chance and it would it would like a lot. Right. And so I mentioned it to my mother and my mother was like, you don't have to worry about that. Like he doesn't look at it that way. And then my father said to me, he said to me, uh, if I didn't know it then, then it's not my problem. If I know it now, so it doesn't then okay, so I'll work it from now onwards. But right. if I didn't know it then, right. why should why should I feel bad for not knowing it then? Right. That's when I realized that my father doesn't look at the past. Right. Right. So beautiful. Go ahead, Ben. So what's your question? So what's your question? Right. So, so, okay. I, I'm definitely not going to talk about your father. Okay. I don't know your father, and even if I did, I'm definitely not going to refer. And I don't know the exact case. All we're saying is that there is a reality. To, to being 30 or 40 or 50 years old and not being where you want to be. And there's only so much you could do at that point. What the Masil Sharm is telling us is he's saying, I'm going to give you a way to motivate yourself. When you're 22 years old, when you're 24 years old, when you're 19 years old, there's more in your hands to change of your future that you can actually create what it is that what you want to create. When you become a certain age, whether you're 50, whether you're 60, and we can always make changes. You could change till the day you die, you can make changes. But there are certain things that you can't change when it comes to a certain stage in your life. And you want to be a Zehu Chacham, a Roa Es Hanola. A wise person looks at the future of what's going to be. And you use your present to look at your future. And you say, if right now I have certain regrets of things I didn't do, or who I am, or where I'm standing now, and what I could have done differently, but you could still change. And you still might feel jealous, and you still might feel, could you imagine that feeling when you can't make any change? You can't do anything. That's all. That's the point. Smash my rearview mirrors or not. 
It's about the fact that I, I, I don't have um, 20 years married and, and me and my wife don't have a good relationship. What am I going to do now? Um, I have a 20-year-old son who I neglected. So what am I going to do now? But now you don't have a 20-year marriage. Right now you don't have a 20-year-old son who you've neglected. So if a person can, can make those changes and think like that now, he can save himself a lot of pain and he can create the world that he wants to create. Make sense? So, so if a person does everything they can now, yes. then they won't have regrets because they, they know in this time they have Correct. Even if they made mistakes, Correct. they look back. It's not about you're focusing, Vance, you're focusing on the regret part. I'm focusing on the fact that right now, you can change your future, and therefore when you're sitting in your future, it's not whether you emotionally will have the regret, it's a reality. If a person doesn't work on his marriage, he won't have a good marriage. Get that, guys, get that. If there's one thing you got from this yeshiva, I promise you I'm, I'm comfortable and confident to say that. Mark one thing down that you got in this yeshiva. If there's one thing that you got in this yeshiva, you could say, Rabbi Fisher, this is what he told me. What else do you remember about the yeshiva? You could say, oh, we had a great time, and it's loving and accepting, and we this, and we had fun, and I learned Torah. Great. What was the message? The message was like this. If you're not going to work on your relationship with your wife, if you're not going to make that a priority and work on it, you will not... Have, it's not a threat. I'm not threatening anyone. I'm not trying to make marriage difficult. It's any relationship. Any relationship is like that. So if a guy shows up, Betsy, at 50 years old, and he didn't work with his relationship, and he's married for 20 years, it's going to be very hard. Now, okay, he could fix it then. He could go to marriage counseling. He could 100%. I'm not saying that that guy is done. I'm saying, you don't want to be that guy. You want to be that guy who spent 20 years having a great relationship, have, being a good father, being a responsible That's That's all we're saying. Yeah? Okay. Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. Someone else had their... Uh, oh, yeah, you did, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying in this, the second motivation is because Sounds like Rebbe saying um, that I should look at my future and I should see where I am now and see if I don't uh, if it doesn't like align and I'm going to regret something. That sounds a lot like the first motivation. Or Rebbe saying I should look at with like my friends and see how they're doing and then and then realize I'm going to regret it more because I'm going to look at how they're doing. But then Rebbe keeps saying. All right, so let me, so let, so let me, so I'm not giving it over clear enough. The second motivating thing will be if right now in a person's life, when he's 19, 20 years old, he looks at a peer, and he looks at someone, and he could become jealous of that. But I have so much I could change now. But I'm still jealous of that. This is all from Mr. Sharma. It's not my own. If I look at somebody my age right now, and I could be jealous and not be happy because I'm not happy with where I'm at. But what could I do now? I could change. I could change. But it still hurts me. Could you imagine in 20 years from now, in 30 years from now, in 40 years from now, if you're looking at that, that same situation, it's going to be so much more gut-wrenching to be like, oh my gosh, because there's going to be less that you can change. That's the motivating factor that the Ramchal is saying. He's saying, think it in those terms. Think about things in those terms, and you'll be more motivated. That's what he says. Clear? Yeah. Motivation. I gotta get jealous about people so that I can. Right, right. Well, he's not saying you gotta get jealous. He's just saying that's the natural thing. Correct. So it could be you'll fit more into the first character. Some people do better when they are comparing themselves to others, and it motivates them. That's what he's saying. That will motivate you. The first way is the highest level. I don't care what about anybody else. Doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I'm in competition with myself. That's the first level of motivating. The second level is that if you're not on that level, so, oh, okay, go ahead. So it's not between you and yourself. Oh, so it's how people look at you. Okay, well, how are you now? What is going on that day? He's just giving you ways to motivate yourself. Yes? I said it's all an awareness of ourselves. Correct, correct, correct. It's an awareness of who I am and where it is that I want to go and to take that ownership. I think that's the key. 
Hashem will help each and every one of us. Let us be Zoha. The key is to do and to do this as much as you can. The more a person can remind himself, the more a person can, can remember and, and be aware, as Yoshua is saying, to be aware of, of where I'm going. Think about, take, do that, look in that book of the seven habits. I don't know, do you know what chapter? It's at the end. It's the, uh, begin with the end in mind, right? It's the second, second chapter, right? Right, second habit. Begin with the end in mind, right? Is that, think of where I want to be on my 80th birthday. Who's going to be around me? Write that out. Spend the time to do that. Think about who you want to be. Think about what, what you want your relationships to be. Because that will get, help you get in touch with who your essence, what your essence truly is. And now here we go. Bancy, this is for you. Don't worry about your past. I don't mean for you specifically, but what were you saying? The reason you don't worry about your past is because you can't do anything about your past anymore. Two minutes ago, like we said yesterday, is further away than a million years from now. You can't change anything you've done in your past. The only way you could change your past is by changing now and by making things different now in your life. If you're, if you're a person who has, who has negativity from your past, so have positivity in your present. Focus on your present to make it the best that you can and have an amazing first day of the rest of your life. Have a great day, everybody. Amazing, thank you.